Welcome to Hot Chocolate Convos Podcast, where societal woes are tackled through the sip. We're raw, unfiltered, and totally candid. Now, here are your hosts, Kimberly, Shaliza, and Unique. Hey, everyone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey. Episode two of Hot Chocolate Combos. We made it to a second episode. Yes, we did. Wow. And I'm still super excited. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for all the love you guys have been showing us for the first episode. It has been quite overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. It has. It it is very exciting, especially for people that we don't even know that are actually listening. So dope. So bizarre all right so what were you guys up to this weekend well i saw unique on instagram looking really pretty so let's hear from unique first um so i the part of my weekend that you didn't see um um i I went to the kevin hart concert it was super nice i guess it's a concert or a show and stuff um, I don't know what you consider that. Like, it was super cool, super mm-hmm. fun. And then I got an award um, for um, 40 Under 40, Black Leader of 40 Under 40, Black Leader, South Florida Black Leader of Today and Tomorrow. So that was okay. my film. It was fun, exciting. What is 40 Under 40 about? Um, it is basically a, um, it's a legacy magazine, like, really just highlighting Black leaders that are working in the community and just making an impact yeah oh my gosh we have like prominent people on this podcast <laughs> like prominent people yeah y'all are dope too y'all are super dope, super dope. what about you Shaliska? so i didn't do i couldn't do anything over the weekend oh, yeah. oh my god <laughs> i broke my toe okay <laughs> i should not be i'm sorry I'm like, sorry. No, 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 no. So the crazy thing is <laughs> I broke my toe on a Wednesday and I didn't know it was broken until Friday because I didn't really think anything of it. I thought it was just bruised and I, I was just like sore. And so Friday when I finally went to work, everything that I did, it took me forever to get to work because my toe hurt so bad and I couldn't even put a shoe on. I had a slide on the whole time. Girl, you know how often that happens though, so do not feel bad. Like I The have crazy the crazy thing is, my best friend's mom ha- broke the same toe a week ago. Oh, honey. Wow. I think it's a change of weather. It is, because, <laughs> you know what? The, the crazy thing, when I was in the ER, the lady tells me, you're the third person today that I've x rayed their pinky toe because they've broken it. Oh, my gosh. I was like, it's something in the air. It has to be. I've never broken a bone in my life until now. And you don't know how you broke it? Like, you... Oh, I just know crazy. I stomped it. I, well, I stomped it on the wall, turning around the corner to go into the living room, of course, to be nosy, to look out the window. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> and go ahead. I'm, I'm guessing it's just me being careless, not paying attention. Of course, the wall, the wall has to be hard. But the crazy thing is I had the <laughs> ugliest Kim cry face when it happened. <laughs> Kim? Kim cry. I had the the Kim K cry. Oh, Kim Kardashian. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I oh, had the God. Kim Kardashian cry face because that's how bad it hurt. But I didn't cry. But in this inside, I was You're like, "Girl, just let it out. Just let it out. Feel it it hurt." <laughs> so yeah, I didn't do anything. I did Friday go to um Jenny's, of course, to get ice cream. Did and then, you? Oh my God, I really like I that. Did. That's Lisa. Right? That's yes, it seems that we go maybe every other weekend now. But other than that, I did stay home only because of my toe. I tried to go to the H Street Festival, which was so packed with people, but the food looked so amazing. But I just couldn't take the walking and the people. And it was so many people. Like, literally, it's like a big street. And you just walk in the street. So I just came back home and caught up on, like, Greenleaf, 911. Oh. I watched a couple of Beyonce movies. <laughs> because I had nothing else to do. Oh, God. So Shalisa is the biggest Bayhive person ever. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Don't talk about Beyonce. <laughs> or you will get stuck. She will come for you. That's a promise. But Kim, what'd you do this weekend? What were you up to? Girl, okay, so 
for the first part of the weekend, I pretty much just stayed home and tried to fathom the fact that it's no longer warm. Mm. And that was such a shock. It is cold. Okay? It's cold. It's cold. It's hot as hell outside. (laughs) And it just hit us unexpectedly. That's what I'm upset about. And then, you know, the weather lady said it's all down here from here. (laughs) Oh, wow. Oh god. Yeah. So then the second part I had a photo shoot. It was really fun. Um and then I went to Jenny's. <laughs> a newfound lover of Jenny's. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I texted Chili's house like, hey, what's that cool place that you took us to ice cream for that one time? <laughs> she was like Jenny's. Jenny's. Girl. Yes. Was the line long? It was not, and the girl was really nice, except the last time we went, that guy gave me a way bigger scoop, so I'm a little upset about that. Should I, like, no. post a comment on their Facebook page? No! What are you doing? I'm just asking. He's probably, oh, giving, the regu- she's probably giving the regular scoops. He's giving extra. I don't know. I was disappointed. <laughs> so, Jenny's is an D- ice cream parlor in D.C. off of U Street and 14th. And it has kind of like what, like, um, it's like a Ben and Jerry's. Would you guys say it's a Ben and Jerry's? Yeah. Like, uh, I think it's more specialized. Like they yeah. have specialized, yeah, like the their own specialized ice cream type of thing. For sure. It's really good. They do have um, yogurt. They do have regular ice cream and the waffle cones they make there. Yeah, let me tell you, I got so 10 good. waffle cones. <laughs> and I saved some for later. And they're in the kitchen as we speak. Oh my joking. gosh! Divide. So you got the you got the waffle chips. chips. Oh yeah, the chips, the thing. <laughs> Wait, so they couldn't all fit on the bowl. So how did you? She made it fit. I don't know what she did. Like she squashed it down, <laughs> and she she was like, oh "Here, it's gosh. okay. You can have however many you want." What type yeah. of? This is wow. Me. Okay, well, I gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're ever in DC, <laughs> we recommend Jenny's. Mm-hmm. Yes. This episode is entitled Being a Minority Woman in the Workplace. We decided to shed light on this episode because too often our issues just go unseen. Us as minorities, we face many hurdles and tribulations that our Caucasian counterparts don't exactly go through so in this episode we're just gonna dissect our experiences and just really tackle really touchy subjects um so according to a study by georgia state university the sociology department women and minority groups experience higher levels of workplace bullying i mean can you guys recall a racial discriminatory incident that you've had to endure not even in the workplace, just anywhere. Mine is specifically in the workplace. Like, um, so I am from a, a Caribbean. I, we talked about that in the first episode. I'm from a Caribbean, Caribbean household where um, we don't really see color. Like, I grew up in Jamaica. We know that this person's white, this person's black, but we are all one people. Um, or this person's Caucasian, this person's Hispanic, it didn't matter to me. So when I came here, um, it was, okay, kind of the same idea. But I remember transitioning in, out of college and going to my first job and the the not the the minority people are like, yo, watch your back. And I'm like, what are they talking about? You know, like I'm not gonna do that. Um and I was I was bullied because I was not only a woman, um, but I was like the only black one and I was young, like literally out of college. Um it was really, really hard for me to get over. And, you know, my mom always taught me, you have to work hard. This is just a little hurdle that you're going through. So even me being young, I didn't understand it. It was when my mentors and the people that I started to talk to outside of work were like, unique. no, this isn't safe. And I eventually had to depart from the role. So girl, I had it. I had it out because I used to be like, oh my God, I'm working hard. I'm getting the scores that I need. And my boss made it hard for me, y'all. Like hard for you to get a a good review? No, like he would give me the good review, but he was just always, how do I explain that? He was just, he just made everything a problem. Oh yeah. Mm, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A problem. Like literally this was a problem. I remember when like, I was like, I was just so in love with my job where I would just go above and beyond. And we had a review. Um, it's called an internal audit where an auditor comes 
surprisingly from, you know, wherever and comes to a resort. And this lady was, it was like, oh my God, this is the best work I've ever seen. Like literally I'm going to take this and bring to other resorts. And that was one of the best feelings in the world because my boss made me feel like crap the entire time. Every single thing I did, you know, every single thing I did, he, he judged me on. Um, so it was really, really hard, but it really allowed, allowed me to see like, oh my gosh, how many other people are facing this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I can't believe that though. But then again, I can. I really can. I can. But for me, it's different because I'm, I'm from Southwest Georgia. So racism was really big for all the way from, you know, being in Georgia as a little girl. And then my, my father went in the Navy. We went to Japan. We went to Florida. So I got to see different types of it from different type of people. Mm-hmm. So for me, it, it wasn't so much like, oh my goodness, when I came out into the real world, for me, it was so much as, they're still doing the same craziness. Yeah. But now, like, adults do the same thing. Like, it's crazy. hmm And then for me, it became... it For me, it became, well, now I see where the kids got it from that were so racist. They got it from their parents. They mm-hmm. did. And their parents are in the workplace doing the same thing. And it's like a cycle. hmm So I totally get it. But for me, it's, it's not a shocker to me. It's just like, okay. It's happening again. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, girl. And I think in this presidential climate, it has just like heightened. Oh like, my gosh! Before, yeah. Before it was, it was okay. It's on the knees. We can do it. But now it's like in your face. Oh you yeah. Know, you're in a minor. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you're a you're a woman, and you're beneath. It's like it really. That's exactly they just how came it up is. from all the crevices, pretty <laughs> much, and like yeah, yes. Yes. they have. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you even said that, Unique, because my experience, um, this isn't going to come as a shocker, but it was aboard an American Airlines flight. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah, this past summer, actually. And it was just mind-blowing. I just did not know how to act. So what happened was we were on the flight, and it was a really long flight because it was an international flight. So the lady, like, coming down the rows, she served everyone, like, next to me and everyone on the other side, and she completely missed me. So, you know, I was just like, you know, just being me, I'm like, okay, it was probably just an innocent act. She's going to come back. She just kept going, and she never came back. So I said, excuse me, ma'am, um, you forgot me. I'd like some tea, please. And, like, everyone just kept looking at me, even in my row, because they were like, are you going to say something to her? So I said, I forgot something. I just wanted some tea, please. She's like, what do you want? So I said, um, some tea, please. She's like, oh, oh my gosh. They always take everything so personal. And she kept going on and on and on. They? She said, they always take everything so personal. And she kept going on, honey. And can you, as you can imagine, I felt like a three-year-old, like a three-year-old getting spoken down to. And I just... I wasn't so much shocked. Like, I just sat there and, like, the other, like, air hostess, she kind of, like, compensated. So she was like, you know, here mm, you go. Do you want she this? She overdid it, this? yeah. Do you want this? And it was just horrible. It was a horrible wow. experience. Horrible. See, for me, it's never the verbal for me. It's always the nonverbals and the, the action that people take yeah. to just to go out of their way for me. But but for me, I'm always like, oh, why can't people just say stuff like uh, like regular people so I can come back? At them? Yes. It's never that for me. It's always like if, for instance, just a couple of weeks ago, I'm on the train and, you know, this older, older Caucasian guy, I didn't even notice him. But it's like he kept trying to stand in front of me in front of the door. You know, no matter where I stood, he was trying to, like, stand in front of me. And so I'm like, okay, let me just move back. Let me move out of the way. I'm not in a rush. I'm early. Do you know the first set of escalators to go to my job, he make, deliberately walks up and walks around me to stand in front of me to fit in between me and another person so that he's walking in front of me and then he tries to go through the, the little scan gate or whatever in front of me. We get up to the big escalators and he's walking. He l- deliberately stops. And gets right in front of me still and kind of bends over so his ass is literally in my face. Wow. And it got to a point where it was another black guy behind me. He literally came and stood beside me. You know, it was kind of like, don't even let it, don't even let it bother you. 
Mm-hmm. He pretended that we're together. That way I didn't feel as, you know, upset because at this point I'm reaching for my mace because I'm ready to mace his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, for me, that, that's self-defense. And that's all I would approve. I felt threatened because I felt like every time I looked around, he was right there. You know, mm-hmm. and now I look up, he has his butt in my face. So yeah. I feel threatened and I want to mace him. Mm-hmm. So luckily, the, you know, the black guy was there to save him because I was going to mace him. Oh Lord! <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for that black guy. The crazy, and it's crazy. Like in your reaction, you would become the crazy, the crazy black woman, the outraged, yeah. upset black woman. Oh my goodness! What did she have mace for, anyways? You know, like mm-hmm. she it was a weapon. It, crazy things. Mm-hmm. Wow! Crazy. And you so, know, in DC, that's considered a weapon. Oh. oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, Mace is yeah. considered a weapon. Well, well, call me weaponized or whatever. <laughs> exactly, the word is. I have one on me all the time. So <laughs> therefore, I, I'm always prepared because you never know what you're going to run into or who you're going to run into. Wow, absolutely, girl. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, Unique, you mentioned that you had this experience at your job. How do you feel like you overcame that? Just for our listeners out there that can relate to you. Um. I'm going to be honest. It was really, really hard. Like it was hard because this was my dream job. This was my ultimate job. I, I got up and left because I saw my work and I saw that it was not going to be better. It was not going to get better. And I saw where it was not only one person, it was kind of systematic, you know, and you know, I would probably fight with this one person, but I saw where different avenues if I was supposed to climb in this specific area where I'd have to face the same thing. So I transitioned and out of, I transitioned out of that job. I knew it was not the place that I needed to be. Yeah. Um, and that's what I did. Yeah. That's Sometimes I, you just that, know. That's really good that you were able to do that though. Cause a lot of people feel like they can't just up and leave a job mm-hmm. or they feel like, Oh, I, I still have these bills to pay. I can't just up and leave and go to this job. Or they feel like they're not going to be able to get a better job of, you know, or paying that much money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great that you got out of that because not many people can. I think that's dope. Yeah. And I would definitely I would say, you know, for the the, the listeners that are younger, like really research about this because it's a definite problem. Yes. Like literally. And I do see where um, you know, companies are really being intentional about, you know, getting a diverse um like diverse departments and you know enhancing on diversity and all of that but definitely research a company they're they're Mm -hmm. they're out there they're definitely out there. they are Um, mm -hmm. and when you face it i would say attack it from day one because i didn't say anything because i was so-called young like i literally just got out of college i didn't i was my first real job my first managerial role representing you know managing people Mm, yeah I, i sat there and i was like oh maybe this is the right thing to do like literally went through this for months or years, like before I really realized that um, this is not what it is supposed to be. But again, it was because of lack of knowledge. So I would definitely, when people are looking for jobs, look into re- reviews because yeah. people will say it. They will talk about it. Yeah. And I will say like a lot of this, a lot of the racism is very, very systematic. I mean, a lot of the things that I've encountered with jobs that I have had, it's just systematic, like underneath kind of racism. It's just, it's there. Yeah, like you'd okay. hear people saying, oh no, my job's, you know, I have a really good job. Um, this place is really diverse. And no, it's there, honey. You just mm-hmm. don't see it, but it's it's there. And, and a lot I, of time it, it's because they don't even know that they're, they're being racist. Though. Yeah. Agreed. The people that are doing it don't even know that they're being racist. It's It's been plenty of times I've been in the middle of something and I'm like, you do realize that's racist. And they're, they're looking at me like, what? No. What do you mean? I'm not racist. I, I don't, I would never. Mm-hmm. I'm married to, you know, I'm married to such and such or my family is this. And it's like, but mm-hmm. that's still racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not to like discount workplace bullying, because I do get that that definitely happens i've experienced workplace bullying and so forth but i do just want to stress that it is systematic and one way i can say that i have tried to overcome workplace bullying in you know jobs that i have had um is by managing my manager and Mm -hmm. i repeat I have tried to manage my manager and this is something that is an ongoing process this is something you 
learn as you go but it is definitely important if you're out there listening to this i need you to go google look up linkedin pro um you know articles whatever you can do to learn how mm-hmm. to manage your manager this can be anywhere from yes you cannot stand that manager but you're gonna sit your behind there you're gonna develop that bond you're gonna go to that manager's office periodically and make sure you know you find out hey how am i doing how did i doing this you know just get um just get little reviews that are not really official and so forth. Just really try to understand that manager and understand that manager's background and understand where they're coming from as well. And that can help a lot. That has helped a lot for me. So that's one advice that I can give people out there is to just, you know, try to be open to that. It's not easy by no means. It takes work. But yeah. And and I think as I said, just just to reiterate, um, you have to be intentional about it, especially if you're a minority woman. Like even from the interview process, y'all don't. I would as somebody that used to hire people and also see how different people hire other people. Take your address off your resume, like because people will look that up. Like literally, people look that up and see what what area are you coming from, and automatically discriminate you because of the 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 stereotype that is in that specific mm-hmm. neighborhood. Um, you know, just doing little things like that. Um, and yeah, that, that's just really what I want to say. Yeah. That's a good one. That That's really a good one. Yeah. I've said, I've sat on literally interview panels and listened to people say, you know, mm-hmm. no, mm-mm, let's, let's put this resume to the side. I know where they're from. So I don't wow. know how they're going to act mm-hmm. or what they're going to do. And it's like, but you really don't know. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. never know what may walk through the door. Yep. Wow. So, Jaleesa, have you had any, like, particular workplace bullying incident happen to you? Um, I can say yes. Outside of, the, right now, I'm not in the Air Force, but when I was in the Air Force, I experienced all type of stuff. So now, for me, that I'm in a different space, I don't experience that stuff. For Maybe I just ignore it or I'm already, like, yeah, so swatting it out the it. way. Yeah, yeah but in, in the Air Force, it was strong. And with Unique saying, you know, research your jobs or where you want to work in the companies. I say research even the military on which branch you want to go to, where you want to go, because that it's it's heavy in the Air Force. And in the Air Force, you know, you can't really do anything about it. So me as a young airman, you know, taking orders from an older staff sergeant or older master sergeant, you know, I had a, I had a master sergeant woman and she would literally make us do things to make her look good. And if we didn't, she was a horrible person to us. Wow. And she would literally tell us, you know, like, oh, well, I'm going to make sure you guys don't have this if you guys can't get this done. I'm going to make sure that you you have to go to the gym around this time and you don't have PT time. You have to do it on your own. It was just like stuff like a kind of like a give take kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's bullying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. It sucks. And it sucks. And we have to all face it. But, you know, one of the things that I would say what I've I've seen so far is. Um, I don't know if I would say don't take it personal because it really is personal, but it's other people's issues. I think they're just intimidated mm-hmm. by your greatness. Like, why would somebody want to just bully you? Yeah. You know, because they don't feel like they measure up or level up. And I, you know, the two situations that happened to me, the first one was when I literally first joined a company and um, I was sick and I asked the, my trainer at the time to lay my head down on the desk. And he went back and he told everybody that I was I was acting like I didn't want to be there. And literally the HR oh, manager wow. had, to, yes, had to pull me in the office. And thank God she was a minority woman. She was like, I'm having this conversation with you. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and it just really just, it really highlighted to me that when, when you go in and you are being the best that you could be and you are doing what you need to do, their haters are going to come your way. Mm-hmm. Really mm-hmm. prepare for that, you know, and just stand your ground. Yeah, definitely stand your ground. Definitely. But like you previously said, if you do feel like that place isn't your fit or for you, don't be afraid to move on. It's okay to move on. I think that's something that we need to even come to peace with sometimes. Just move on. You know, that's I'm also, you know in, in different in good companies, I would say, you know, use human resources. And I think that's one of the things that I would I I will I would say I didn't use as much until it was kind of like too late. Like there are a lot of times where you have a hotline that you could call 
So call the hotline and report it because, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. times the overhead company does not believe in it. But because there's a specific section or a specific department, use your human resources professionals because that's they're there to make sure that you are you are protected and you feel safe. True. Mm-hmm. But what would you say to like people who I know people that are a part of jobs and they're like, Girl, it doesn't even make sense to, you know, reach out to civil rights or human resources or whatever. That I makes, was just like, about to say It's not going to change. But for me, I'm, and the thing is that you say that, and I was literally about to say, if you think it's not going to change, it sounds like you need to go somewhere go else. Go somewhere else. Yeah. It sounds like you need to literally be applying for stuff right now. Not now, but yesterday. You should have already been applying for other jobs because if you feel like that's not going to do anything for you, then there's no need for you to even be there. Yeah. You're working for somebody else's dream, and your dream is just sitting on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's exactly. absolutely not. Um, so another instance that happens all too often is being the only black face in the room. Mm. Ouch. Yes. I remember being the only black face <laughs> in the room. Like mm-hmm. it's not the best. I've experienced mm-hmm. that like from college up till my career life. I And I think that's where I was set up for failure. Because I went to a PWI, predominantly white institution, and I was always the black face, and I was excited. I was like, ooh, I was only black girl. You know, I, I was really excited. And because I was the only black girl, I got all the scholarships. Because I was the only black girl, I got all the, 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 the things. Not seeing that, oh, my gosh, I didn't get that until I graduated. I was like, oh. Sometimes it can be really awkward as well, because I remember, like, I just feel, I felt like I didn't get any of the jokes. I... They're little. I was just so like, what is happening? Like, what are they talking about? I just laughed for the heck of it, but I just, it was just so awkward. But I just remember just always, you know, like you said, standing your ground. And I just always carried myself with pride a lot and, you know, just never showed them like, hey, I'm uncomfortable or hey, you know, I'm intimidated. I was never, mm -mm. I was. High, mighty, and proud, you know. Of course, I did feel like I had to work 10 times harder, which is always the case. Because mm-hmm. even your superiors make you feel that way. Like, you do have to work 10 times harder. But if that's what you got to do, just do it. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. The crazy thing is, I didn't I didn't do really experience the only black face in the room until I started going to college. Which was about... 24, 20, maybe 25, 26. Yeah. Because in the military, of course, you know, in the military, everybody's black going into the military. Yeah. So for me, that wasn't the case. But, you know, when I was a kid moving around the world, that was the case. I was the tallest black girl in the class. I was the tallest black, I was the black girl, you know, in the line, everything about me, I was that black girl. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like through life, depending on where you are, it depends on if you're the black face in the room. Yeah. And sometimes they'd make the stupidest little jokes like, oh, you always change your hair. Like, just oh. stupid little things. Like, try to. T- uh. And it's like, it's not even funny. <laughs> it's not funny. You it's don't not get even it. Just, ugh, it's annoying. Before I locked my hair, it was a point where I, I worked in a division where we saw each other every now and then, but we had a staff meeting once a month. Yeah. So I can be in the hallway and I would wave to a coworker that's in my division. They wouldn't even know who I who I was. Yeah, wow. Like it was one guy, one older Caucasian guy. He'd be like, "Oh, oh my gosh, Lisa, I didn't even realize it was you. I thought that was somebody else. Your hair is so different. What did you do to it?" And it's like, "What? Are you serious?" And it it became a point where, "Did you cut your hair?" And it's like, "Yeah, sure, I did. Yeah. It went from twenty four inches to ten inches. I cut it. Yeah." insane oh lord it's so annoying it's even down to like what you wear almost Mm. it's a little different because for me I feel like I've always even in the workplace when I first started being a civilian I knew that I couldn't wear certain things that Caucasian females could wear the same exact clothing I can't wear it and if I do wear it I'm looked I'm frowned upon or I'm talked Mm -hmm. about you know or I'm damn near harassed by certain men because of what I have on. It's like, but it's the same thing that she has on the same link that she has on, but because of my curves and the way that I, that I am and who, what my skin color is, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I got called somebody called HR on me for my skirt one time, girl, the same thing. What? 
Yeah, girl. I had a whole sit down conversation about because you guys know I'm curvy. Like, and that's talking? the thing. Like, you can't help it. It's gonna show oh. regardless. Yes. Yep. Yep. They called HR. Wait, I need to know what was this conversation? What? Um, it was a like I literally have. I always wear pencil skirts. That's what I wear: pencil skirts and jeans. But I'm highly for my viewers that don't know who I am. I'm really shapey. I have a small waist, big booty, big hips. So. I had my, when I wear a pencil skirt, it is curved, you know, and I don't know who called HR, but they pulled me in the office, told me about um, me wearing tight clothes and they felt, I was like, this is not tight. And I remember the specific skirt that I had on at the time. I still own it. I was like, there is way, I put my hand in the waist to show her that it was not tight. Um, and she was like, well, I do feel like it was it's a little bit close and, um, and at the time I was like, you know, all right, if she won't talk, let, let me, let me just do what I need to do. But I remember just going into the store and not being able to find anything that really mm-hmm. that I could hide by features. And I was like, man, I'm going to wear my clothes. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, I was like, just about to ask, like, did you stop wearing the pencil skirt? I did. I did. I stopped wearing for about a few months. I did. I stopped wearing my pants. I could, like my clothes, I stopped wearing a lot of things that were wearing like fit and flare stuff. But that made me feel like a grandma. So I was like, uh-uh. Right. And that's what I was about to say. That makes you want to change your outfits up. Yeah. But then you're not comfortable in that because that's not what you want to wear. And that's not who you are. Exactly. So, so for, for me, I, I've come to the fact that I rarely wear dresses like that to work only because of that issue. And then when I do, just like last week when I did, I got the comment, oh, my goodness, you should wear dresses more often. I didn't know your body was like that. Oh. And it's like, but, but, but oh. I'm not here for that. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm at work. Yeah. Exactly. And to me, it's like, but, but she did, Becca did it over here and she was cool. Nobody exactly. Said it to her. exactly. And she had on these white stockings to go along with it. Why didn't anybody complain about the white stockings to go along with this dress? Mm. But it, it's like a total, it's a double standard. And then it becomes like, wait, mm-hmm. why am I even here? If, if it comes to this, like, if this is the biggest issue that you guys have to fight about. Why is, why is it even an issue? Mm-hmm. they're just so clueless so clueless like we don't try to come to work looking mm-hmm. all extra or whatever we wear right. what makes us feel good our mm-hmm. hair is sacred to us it's our sacred yes. gem it's bonded to our bodies we so stop asking to touch it yes <laughs> we fix it up because we want to it makes us beautiful yeah i totally agree mm-hmm. i totally agree and then to me, it's like um, unique when you were saying about the don't take it personal. To me, I don't like when people say that because my thing is that means that I'm supposed to take it personal if you're telling me that. Mm. Why else wouldn't I take it personal? Why are you saying don't take it personal? Like, mm. I hate when people tell me don't take it personal. I've been in a situation where I've had someone to bully me through email and my supervisor told me, oh, don't take it personal. He talks to everybody that way. Oh, no. no. And it's like, but, but, but I'm no. supposed to be OK with that? Wow. Yeah. It's- That's right. I need another quote. Not don't take it personal. Um, I don't know. What do I? What would I say instead of that? Like literally, I would say always wear your professional shoes, especially when your workplace or in that specific aspect. Um, I would say you know if it's something that you feel like you know it's affecting your work or it's not fair. I would I would say you say report it to HR mm-hmm. or either leave the job. But you know I I. Like, when I say don't take it personal, I mean, really come from a professional place where when you handle those situations, even though yeah. it might be, it might be like a personal attack. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm meaning don't take it personal when they say it back to you. Oh. And oh, then they're, yeah. they're telling you, oh, it's this, but don't take it personal. And to me, I'm like, no, that, that, that's personal. It is personal. <laughs> like, you would have Especially said it in it this day and age, tread lightly. Listen, they may be like, oh... They always take everything so personal. Or you have to really watch what you say because these black people are so sensitive these days. Screw you. You meant Girl. to hurt our feelings. Like you meant to make us feel inferior. Exactly. No, if we have to stand up for ourselves, we are going to stand up for ourselves. And I know for sure I'm standing up for myself. Oh, I don't yes. think. And I, I, I'm sorry because I'm, I'm already, but some of them like really just, they just don't know. They just don't understand. Mm hmm. And, and it's it to me it's the people, people that but yeah yeah a lot to unpack guys a lot to unpack <sighs> let's go to what's the sip 
What's the sip? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Don't hold nothing back. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to tell us what you're sipping on. So Kim, what's the sip? Oh, I am sipping heavy. I was over here minding my own business playing with Nuri when I came across Twitter and Pierce Morgan. Do you guys know who Pierce Morgan is? I don't know. He's been off of CNN for a while. Pierce Morgan is a British journalist and he tweeted this man who was walking across the street with his baby in a baby carrier, which I find adorable, by the way. When I see dads like hold their babies in the baby carriers, it is everything <laughs> to me. Pierce Morgan tweeted this guy, oh, not you as well, papoose, emasculated bond. Oh, yes, honey. Ooh. He tweeted that. And I am livid. I'm debating on whether or not I should tweet Pierce Morgan right now. <laughs> I mean, do you guys see something wrong in men carrying their babies in the baby carrier, the kangaroo pouch? No. That's so cute to me. How dare you imagine a man? Why are you about it, though? Why are you worried about somebody else? Exactly. So, like, there's this huge opera right now on Twitter, like, over Pierce Morgan, you know, because he's known for doing, like, insane controversial things, because I think that's what makes him stay relevant. But that really touched me, because I love babies, and I love dads who are there for their babies. How dare you call that man papoose? (laughs) So that's what I'm (laughs) sipping on today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What about you? What are you... Well, okay, so what I'm sipping on, it's really, I was so excited. So, the Royal Highness the Duke and the Duchess of Sussex are pleased to announce that they're expecting a baby in spring 2019. Yay! I am just so excited. Hopefully it's an Aries baby. <laughs> I know. Cue hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo-hoo, music. They're going to have a mixed baby, honey. They're going to have. They gonna have. I hope she come and look like her grandma. Okay. <laughs> Word. With some locks. <laughs> with some locks in the royal palace. Go ahead and throw them up there. That is so <laughs> special. Aww. Yep, 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 yep. What are you sipping on, Chiquita? So, y'all, so once we talked about, you know, bullying in the workplace and stuff like that, I came across this video on Facebook, which I want to say maybe Saturday, Sunday morning when I woke up, I saw it, and it's pretty much the caption. It's a guy from, it looks like St. Louis, and he's trying to get into his apartment complex. It's a black guy, and it says, woman oh. tries to, to stop black, black man from entering his luxury rented condo because she doesn't believe he lives there. Exactly. Then she calls the police on him after he opens his own door. Mm-hmm. So D. Arion, Naraya Toils, he is literally trying to, you know, get into his apartment. For 30 minutes, this lady stood in the doorway, uh, stood dead in the doorway and would not let him leave, would not let him go in and said, kept saying, so who are you here for? Mm-hmm. What's your apartment number? Let me see your key card. <laughs> let me see your card. Like, Where you, you're not going to come into my building like this. Who are yeah. you with this little freaking dog? I dog. cannot believe it. It pissed me off because... To me, it's like he, he showed so much damn patience with this lady. And I'm like, where did he get this strength from? Like, yes. where did it come from? Because she literally was so annoying. And I'm like, okay, well, you can always leave and come back. But once you're already home, you don't want to go wanna anywhere go else but home. Like, if, when he, go ahead. Go when ahead. he finally I'll, got into the building, you know she still followed him? Exactly. And she was like, I feel so uncomfortable with you in the building. I feel like you're I feel like you don't belong here. She was felt so threatened by him, but she still got in the elevator with this man to go up to the fourth floor. And she's like, Who are you here to see? No, that is harassment, Nart. Okay, now it's just harassment. Same video. And I was like, let me tell you something. If this man had punched you in your mouth, then it would have been a different story. It would have been a totally different story. He's an angry black man. He beats women. He does this. He does that. But she literally followed him up. Like literally he starts like skipping. He had to run from her to get to his door. She extended the leash on her dog. So her (gasps) dog can like walk up with him. And so he literally recorded the dog speeding up, running with him and looked back at her. And she was like, well, if you're really living here, I need to know what your name is. I want to meet exactly. you. I need to meet exactly. you. And I'm like, that's you're a you're a fucking stalker. Like, calm down, lady. It's she ridiculous. To get it popped. doesn't take all that. 
She literally walked up to his door. He oh. she watched him unlock the door. Yeah. He had to close the door on her. No. And she's like upset. She's like, "Oh, really? Really?" She's upset that he slams the door in her face. And I'm like, "You're lucky he didn't slam the damn dog in the door." Yeah. So I watched the same video too. And at the end, you want you see how she re- she was kind of humiliated. She's like, "I just really wanted to get to know yeah. you. I want to know who you are." You are. <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, under here." It Wait. was ridiculous, and she called the cops, and the cops knocked on his door that night mm-hmm. because she called the cops because she felt threatened. Wow. But I also want to give an update because I did see yesterday that she has lost her job since then yes! because they don't tolerate things that way. Say, her company yes. does not allow things to go down that way. So Sister Girl was fired yesterday. So wow. shout out to her. So hopefully she can get act right and get another job, and hopefully somebody else will hire her racist ass. Wait, follow-up story. Did you guys see the story about corner store Karen saying that this nine-year-old black boy touched her butt? <gasps> oh my, did you see the video? No. The video clearly shows he has something in his hand and he doesn't even touch her. He, his arm or his backpack braises her, but he doesn't even touch her. He literally like walked past her with something in his hand like this. Mm-hmm. And so she turns around and she starts doing these body and like waist gestures to the kids. Then the mother comes back and says something to her. That's why she says, oh, he touched my butt. That is insane. Girl, back was flatter than a washboard. I was in disbelief when I saw that story. (laughs) I cannot believe her. The whole time in the video, I'm like, wait, what? Her butt? What? Her butt? Wow. Like, I was so confused on her. What do you mean her butt? Explain to me what you mean her butt. Where's her butt? Where was that at? Wasn't it in New York? No. You know what? It might have been. It was like a bodega, right? I think so. Don't quote me. I think it I was. I get though. so frustrated when I see stuff like that. So I saw it. I was like, the little boy. Was... Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was nine. Wow. He was freaking nine. Mm-hmm. Taking that little he... boy's innocence away. And How he's... dare you? He was screaming and like he was so terrified. He's like, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. And she's like, I'm calling the cops right now because he and the cops. Yeah, she called the cops on the nine year old, and I think the the, the thing said that their his parents were there. So he didn't. She didn't call the cops on with you know the entire situation to call the cops on the poor little nine year old boy. Hmm. Wow. <sighs> so I think we have a viewer. What's this update or something? We do. We do. Yeah. I wasn't and sure. It's, it's <laughs> I wasn't from the sure. wedding or whatever. <laughs> it's from the wedding disaster. It's from our chocolate bride. She says, Oh, yay. Hey. She yeah. says, Old girl, pay me back my money on Friday. I'm still not talking to my mom. I don't have anything to say to her. She should reach out to me if she wants to mend our relationship. Other than that, things are great. But I did offer her to come spend the night in the hotel the night before. Mm. Oh, and yeah, no, that's mm-mm. wow. And she did say that the person that recommended the um the makeup artist, she's done with them as well. Which oh. you should be, girl. Whoever recommended you to ha- for that makeup artist, you need to be done with the makeup artist and the friend that recommended. No, you. man, because that happened to me the other day, and I recommended my my like my sacred friend. To do my other friends here. And this girl, like, she she's like a celebrity stylist. And one of them girls from Love and Hip Hop New York came down. And wanted mm-hmm. her hair done. And just left my friend hanging. My friend had to catch a flight to Thailand at, like, a, in the morning. So I She left like, the appointment for our Love and Hip Hop person? No, like, yes. Like, no the, backup, no fresh. nothing? Nothing. Okay, I take that back. Well, literally, I, take I had to type. I really had to like call, and she was like, "Yo, I'm so sorry, yada yada yada." Like, I got excited and forgot, and I was like, "My friend needs to catch a flight, and you need to do it." So she wow. had to get there like in the morning to get her hair done. So don't cut me off, friend. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. I take it back. Don't cut her off. Don't cut your friend off yet. But you know, if she wasn't even a part of your wedding, you know, and you haven't, excuse me, heard from her since the wedding, and yeah. she knows about the makeup artist. That's a different story. We need to let her go, sis. Yeah. Uh-huh. But don't cut her off just yet. See what she's about. <laughs> I do also feel like she should yeah. like try to forgive her mom though. Don't cut her mom off. I don't know. I'm very touchy about that. 
Well, the circumstance depends. It depends. It depends on whether they had a stranged relationship or if, like, her mom was just a deadbeat or whatever. But I do feel like, you know, it's not worth it to, like, give up a relationship with your mom. Honestly. Yes, it's going to take you some time to forgive and forget. But to fully give up a relationship? Mm-mm. That's just my take. That's Kim. I'm on another level. Oh, Sorry. my gosh. Exactly. I was about to like, I'm going to uh, let you finish, damn. but uh, I can't agree. Because my thing is, if I've offered you to stay the night before, that means I really wanted you to be there. And you could have broke up with me and we could have done great mother-daughter things. Yeah. That shows me you didn't want to do it. And to exactly. me, you can kick rocks, mom. Oh, I love God. That that, but no, ma'am. Maybe like, later down the line. But I only get married first. I only get married for the first time once. Once. Exactly. You're born the best day of my life. Like, I don't remember. I I do remember when I lost. <laughs> right. I don't know, guys. That's just my take, but. Sorry, mama. different. <laughs> Sorry, mama. We can hold off for a while, but yes. I'm going to need a little bit of space. She's lucky she even got to stay at the wedding. That I do agree with. She's lucky. That I, I absolutely agree with. Yeah, I should have been gone. I'd be like, excuse me, ma'am. Security. Security. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Insane. So yeah, guys. Yes. Black Business Corner. Yay! So you guys, I do want to let you, let everybody know that you, whenever we do shout out a Black Business Corner and we do our Black Business Corner, you can always check it out every week on our Instagram page, HCC Podcast. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, if you don't catch it when we're talking about it, you can easily go over and slide over to it and we'll tag them, you know, and we will actually add them just so you'll know exactly where to go and where to get these hot popping things that we give out for the Black Business Corner. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sosa Shaliska. So I want to highlight, guys, I want to highlight, um, so there's this cute little girl that I've been following on, she's not no little girl, she's a grown woman, on Instagram, and she created her own company, and I had the pleasure of meeting her this weekend in the nail salon. Um, her company is called Sweet Cookie Wash. So Ooh. it is to wash you, she is very big on having your cookies. Mm-hmm. Your two child. Yeah, your two <laughs> So it's it's really good. She gives you all this advice and she's very open with it. Um you she has a shop where you could go get your, your cookies steam. Um and she really just really is really passionate about the help the health of your cookies. So she has a cookie wash, she has the steams, she has the pills that you guys take the people take for down there to be good. And I'd be reading the reviews. I've used themes and stuff because these reviews that these girl i'm gonna wait, check wait, out wait. the reviews when I, yeah when, when i get a man they might appreciate it you know so. <laughs> sweet cookie jar sounds like my type of thing <laughs> <laughs> she's online <laughs> well we will have i will check that out as well that sounds amazing and i love black owned stuff like that yeah for sure. So we will have to check that out, and I w- we will post that as well because that sounds like oof. Oh yeah, I love a fresh chucha. Chucha, <laughs> you had me at steam, honey. <laughs> so Kim, you do the steams? Have you ever tried the steams? I have not tried the steams. I do know people that have done the steams. I have not. I am open to the steams. Mm. I'm open as well. I'm very open. I did try one once and it was okay, but it was, it was black owned, but it wasn't all that great. Maybe we can talk about a not so great I black owned businesses on another. <laughs> you're talking about, I think it I know was where. not all that. Okay, good. It was just, 
It wasn't nasty. It was just like very, like I guess, very. They just opened up, so she wasn't very sure, and she, you can tell that you can you don't even tell in a company when they're not confident in themselves. Okay, yeah, and that, stuff just starts to fall apart, and they don't know what. to oh, do. Oh God! Oh no! This is definitely <laughs> not her. Like this is the she's been having this with this. I think this is her store so like literally it's so presidential and cute like literally i i need to go get a steam i probably go get one this weekend and i'll tell you how that was and now you guys know know unique's gonna get a steam (laughs) (laughs) so if you guys are getting steams or if you do get steams you know or if you're trying to get steams for the first time let us know you can inbox us comment on the page you know and unique said that she would so you know what i'm gonna find one and i'll do it as well Yes. I wanted to do one at Damn, home, but I might try to, you know, one. out somewhere else. Jeez. But if you guys know anywhere in Florida or in the D.C. area, um, hit us up and let us know of your good recommendations so we can try them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can possibly give them a shout on the Black Business Corner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I do have, I do have one. It's more so, not so um, a business. It's more like a... Um, a nonprofit organization. And I do realize it it was Modish Moms on Instagram, but it looks like recently they did change their name to stay.modish. And it it is literally a nonprofit organization created for millennial mothers in pursuit of a better lifestyle, career, and parenting opportunities in the DC area. And when I tell y'all, they always have something going on, all type of opportunities. Um, They can tell you where the autism walks are, where the breast cancer walks are. They have pop-up shops with all different type of companies owned by black women, black moms. Um, Mm -hmm. I did start following a company called Play Pits. um, It's an organic deodorant that I said that I wanted to try out maybe for my sister. It's um, a kid natural deodorant and I believe they have adult deodorant as well but check out stay.modish and you know just check them out they have a lot of stuff from for mothers you know and I wish they had this back in the day with my mom when it was me and my mom my mom was a single mother and I wish they had more things you know for her to do for her to see for us to get into or actually be able to take advantage of so you guys check them out on Instagram that's stay.modish Mm-hmm. Okie dokie. All right, guys. Well, we just got through episode two. Dope. Guys, please, you know, like us on Facebook, Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Um, yes. Leave us reviews. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. We're there. We are everywhere now you guys so you guys can just check us out yes let us know what you think talk to us we talk back send us emails so we can read them on the show yeah hot chocolate convos at gmail you guys can vent to us anonymously or you know you can put your business out there and tell us your name it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) (laughs) so just let us know you know that way you can get anything off your chest and thanks a lot thanks guys Bye. 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 Bye.